we started small and uh, just with friends of mine around the country and just connecting them and realized we had something that that people, um, you know, were seeing a lot of value in and enjoyed using. And that's when we decided that we needed to put some money behind this and really take it to the next level. You're listening to the Got Game University podcast. This podcast puts you in the classroom and lets you learn from some of the best hunters and callers in the woods. Hi, this is Taylor and Ryan with Got Game Tech. Got Game Tech is a software development company that builds mobile apps that teach hunters how to call and hunt different animals. All right, well, welcome out to the Got Game University podcast. This is Taylor Tibbetts, and I'm excited to have Slade Johnson join us tonight. Slade's a, a good friend and uh, got a couple of cool projects and companies that he's got going in the outdoor industry, and I look forward to talking with him a little bit about that tonight. Slade, how you doing? I'm doing well, Taylor. Thanks for having me on. Excited to chat with you guys for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for making time. Well, why don't you let us know a little bit about yourself and your background, both hunting as well as in the the hunting industry, and then we can talk a little bit more about the projects you've got going. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm an avid outdoorsman, kind of grew up every chance I could get, either with my dad or my granddad in the woods, and, um, you know, very, very big um, turkey hunter. That was probably our biggest passion. It's something that my grandfather was was well known for and, um, and really tried to kind of follow in his footsteps there. Um, and that's actually how I kind of got connected with you guys is through the Turkey yeah. Tech app and riding riding the roads, uh, traveling to to and from hunting and, and trying to hone in on those skills and, and practicing through the call and uh, awesome. taking the pointers and tips from Scott Ellis. And um, and so, you know, really, really like that you guys are doing that and, and helping us hunters be better. But um, but yeah, so just, you know, my, my biggest passion will be turkey hunting, but we do a little bit of everything and um, you know, kind of growing up, I guess my story and, and how it started to our, to, to the companies we have is, um, you know, when, when I was in middle school, my grandfather being just an avid turkey hunter, he, uh, he had one bird left in his grand slam. And that's for those that, that aren't avid turkey hunters, that's harvesting all four subspecies of turkeys in the U S and I desperately wanted to go on this last trip with him that he had planned. And he told me that once I got to college, we'd get a little bit, um, and got a little bit older, we would start mine. And what he was really saying was it was a boy's trip and he wasn't take, yeah. taking a teenager <laughs> along with him. He wanted to get away and have a good time. Um, but anyways, they, they, they went out on that trip and, and were successful and he finished his slam and awesome. always, always imagined having mine kind of on the wall right next to his and, um, well, fast forward a little bit and my senior year of high school, he got sick. And then my freshman year of college, he passed away. And that was really the toughest thing I'd been through. He was my best friend, my hunting buddy. Um, and so my dad was like, why don't you and I start your grand slam kind of in memory of him? And I was like, yeah. you know, that, that would be awesome. I'd love to do that. And so started looking uh, at outfitters to try to line up that trip and just realized it didn't make sense for us to, to pay these high expenses to, to go to these different outfitters and um, and didn't want to ask my dad to do that. And so then I started thinking, I was like, but why not swap trips instead? We've got great hunt, uh, turkey hunting in West Alabama and, um, and, you know, we could, we've been very blessed with that. My grandfather has been sharing it and we've been sharing it my whole life, just having people and trying to introduce them to the outdoors. Um, and I was like, why don't we just let somebody come hunting with us and try to swap that for a different trip. And anyways, through a social media, I connected with a guy in Colorado and, um, he's like, man, we're covered up in, in Miriam's you and your dad come up here and, and come turkey hunt with us. And he said, but I hear y'all have hogs in Alabama. Is there a chance <laughs> that we could come shoot hogs? And I was like, man, we'll, we'll pay you to come shoot the hogs. They're, they're in right. us. <laughs> so anyways, we, we hit it off and, um, him and his son came to our farm and, 
Um, they killed their first hogs. And then my dad and I went to Colorado to, to start my grand slam. And, you know, that was, um, you know, that was really a super successful trip. It's a friendship that we've created. And, and now it's, it's a trip that I look forward to every year. I actually just got back, uh, several months, I got a couple months back from a mule deer hunt out there and, um, you know, wish I'd had an elk tag cause we could have killed an elk every day, but, um, but had some, had some awesome, elk, uh, mule deer hunts and, um, it's just something that I look forward to every year and, and keeping that relationship going. And that's kind of led to, to starting a few different businesses. Right. Right. So traded for those, those first couple of hunts. And then while you're going to school, kind of started to develop the idea for trips for trade, then the, the company that you're running now. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so I started uh, in school realizing that uh, one, I was cheap, I think more than anything. And, and two, <laughs> that, um, that I would, I'd already kind of been doing this with buddies anyways, just friends of friends that we'd met through campus on campus or um, just through classes and all. And um, realized I'd swapped Alabama football tickets for um, offshore fishing in Orange Beach. And I'd swapped surfing in California for uh, turkey hunting here at our farm. And, um, you know, just realized that there was this, first of all, this could be a lot bigger than just hunting and fishing. It could be, right. you know, a platform that allows you to do really what any kind of experience that you would like. Um, and it just gives you a way to do that more affordably. So that's, that's how we started test that, that people, um, you know, were seeing a lot of value in and enjoyed using. And that's when we decided that we needed to put some money behind this and really take it to the next level. And, and so, yeah, so trips for trade is, um, you know, at a big picture, it's a platform for swapping trips at, um, in the categories of outdoors, adventure, vacation, and sports. So for example, if you had a lake house or season tickets or a hunting property, um, you could just let somebody use that or, or tag along with you on a hunting trip and then exchange it for a different, um, a different trip you want to go on. And this just, you know, allows you to save, you know, thousands of dollars on, on those trips that as compared to paying an outfitter or trying to book a rental through some kind of agency or something. Right. No, it's a great idea. And everyone in this day and age is, you know, becoming more and more comfortable and interested in that, what they call the sharing economy, right? Where Absolutely. folks have something and they're willing to share it. And uh, just, I don't know if it's uh, just the information age or, you know, people being more comfortable with each other, but the everyone's willingness to share and make friendships and, and enjoy things together is pretty cool. Absolutely. And I think especially with our outdoor industry, that is, uh, that's something that, that, that stands out you know a lot of of course you'll have your your bad apples in the group but for the most part i think our industry is um you know it's kind of the handshake industry it goes back to where people are 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 trusting and they if you like the same things you're gonna um more more times than not you're gonna have a great experience swapping with another outdoorsman that that likes the same things you do right so let's say somebody decides they want to they want to use your service slate how do they get signed up yeah, so we, we run off of a membership model. It's a, typically $125 for the year, but we'll do a, a promo code for you guys. We, we'll have that oh, sweet. Got Game uh, 20, and that'll be 20% off. So make it $100 for the year for, for all your listeners. But essentially, we wanted to run off of a um, that membership model only, no transaction fees. We want it to where we build this community up and, and people are allowed to you know communicate with as many people as they want and go on as many trips as they want within that cool. year. Yeah, uh, that's a great that, idea. That's, that's the best way for us to operate and, and not try to try charge a transaction fee. Um, but yeah, for that, for that, uh, membership, you would go on and add a few details of your trip and this would just be, you know, just a description, uh, what, 
what months it's typically available, how many people people that you could host, um, some photos of the trip, and then lastly, what kind of trips you're looking to swap for. Um, and then you could reach out to any other users on the site that have trips listed that you're interested in and connect with them, or your listing would serve as like an ad for people to reach out to you if they have what you're looking for. Um, and so from there, basically, we just connect the users and um, you know, you, then you would fi figure out what dates work, how many people to bring, and, and the finer details of that of that swap. Right. Would those correspondences go through the uh, software, through the website, or do, do they talk to each other by text or email, or how does the, how does the connection actually occur between the two members of the of the program? So initially, it would be through the website. You would just uh, inquire about the trip and send over a, a short little message saying, you know, here's here's what I have, and I would like to swap. Here's kind of the dates I'm thinking, um, mm -hmm. and then we would connect you through email and just kind of provide support along the way. And if the if the other um, other member was interested in that swap, then they would that first email they would say yes you know i'm interested and typically from there it goes to a phone call and and we encourage that we we see that people want to hear the other person's voice and kind of make sure everything checks out and sounds good and um and that's something that that kind of leads to just more successful um swaps right awesome so this this trips for trade company it's been live for for members to join for how long so we say we've been live for a little over a year now. Our official launch was uh, was last October. Um, that's when we started publicly promoting the the site and letting people that I just I guess personally didn't know um, onto the platform. And now we've grown to we've got trips in 46 states and nine different countries. So very cool. Anywhere you want to go, we've got something really cool to do there. Um, and at, at least one trip. And I would say most of our trips are in the hunting, fishing, and vacation space, uh, but we're looking to kind of grow our adventure trips, such as like skiing and as well as our sports ticket categories. Right, right. Man, that's awesome. Do you have a, have a feel for kind of the number of trips that are being swapped at this point? We know that uh, this first year or the last year alone that we've connected a little over 100 people. Um, we kind of lose lose track of the um, of the actual swap unless the user fills out a swap survey for us, like an experience survey. Right. Uh, so we, we know of, I would say, 25 to probably 40 of those that have been successful. Um, mm -hmm. And some of the other ones are either probably still pending uh, or they might have fallen through or try to reschedule some dates on. Right, right. So oh, that's cool. Pleased with uh, just the you know really the first year of trying to organically grow this thing and um, and just really getting those reviews and 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 successful swap stories back is has been neat. I know um, being a lot of your listeners be, being big elk hunters, we had a guy in Colorado swap for uh, uh, swap elk hunt this year for an offshore fishing trip in Texas. Oh, and, neat. You know, that was seeing the pictures from a successful um, you know just trophy bull to uh you know a, a boat full of fish was was really <laughs> <neat>. <laughs> yeah no that's fantastic well i can think of a number of uh you know animals that that i get to to hunt out here in idaho that i enjoy that you know my friends in the south or um you know on the coast don't get to and i can think of a bunch of animals that that i don't get to hunt that i that i'd really like to uh you know i hunted whitetails in virginia when i was in law school and since i've come back to idaho it's uh, i've really missed getting up in a stand and and uh play in the wind and, and that whole whitetail hunting game and um so i yeah i can think of a few things that would be a few trips that would be fun to plan through that program 
Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the another cool thing is, you know, really the people don't understand that the the value is is really an access in some in some cases. So what right. people have access to or or don't have access to kind of determines their the value they put on it. So a cool thing that we've seen through the site is is just like myself swapping hog hunts here for a mule deer hunt. The value is way different than what somebody would sell that trip for, um, you know. But for for me and for that other person, it's worth it because we don't have access to the other species, and you know, you're connecting and building a friendship, and it's it really kind of boils down to what does it cost you, and 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 for most people, that's just time, and and that's right. where you kind of get on an equal playing field. Right, right. Now, from a sort of a regulatory standpoint, are there any issues that folks need to be aware of in terms of state laws about outfitting or not outfitting as a kind of an unlicensed party or is this kind of just a thing where you connect folks and they work it out yeah so we we kind of have to uh you know step back from liability issues there and say make sure that you're you're checking your state laws for uh because because each state could vary in how their um how their rules and and legislation reads but uh for the most part what we've seen is every um you know basically there's no money exchanged on this so right, right. Uh, it's just a, a one-for-one trade and you're really building a relationship with the other person prior to that swap so right. say it's the same as your cousin's in town for a week and why he's in town you're going to take him on a hunting trip and when you right, go or a college buddy or yeah <laughs> yeah same someone deal. you grew up with yeah well it almost seems like it's 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 kind of a social community that you're building too Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we just provide the platform so you can connect with other like-minded individuals and, um, and then we just provide support along the way once you, uh, you know, once you do actually make that connection. Right on. Oh, that's cool. Well, is there anything else about trips for trade that you'd like our listeners to know, Slade? Yeah, I, I would say the, um, you know, kind of going back to the, the swapping of, uh, of money, we do have the ability a lot, I'd say about half of our users are outfitters and, um, you know, we do let them list trips for sale. It's not something that we necessarily wanted to be known for, um, but it does does provide another benefit for those guys that do have a license, a commercial license, and would like to um, have another, I guess, lead generation um, channel for them to to potentially book some new business. Oh, that's then, a good idea. You got folks that are looking for a hunting trip, and so it makes sense for outfitters to be able to make themselves available too. Correct. Absolutely. And then I would like to add also that, you know, a, a lot of guys say, well, you know, maybe I don't, I don't have a lot of property. I don't have a lot of private property or, um, I don't have something of a lot of value. Well, what we've seen with that is a lot of our guys, we're actually speaking with, uh, we had one today that's in Florida and, you know, just super successful on public land. Um, but doesn't have much private land or only has a, a few small tracks that he has this to. Um, but the, what people are willing to swap for at a bare minimum is just a local that has knowledge um, and has been successful in that area. You know, that's, that's of a lot of value to somebody. So they're, they're looking to save a dollar and um, no, you might not swap for some, the, the best of the best trips on the site, but you definitely could find a really neat trip to trade for just if you were helping um, or just letting somebody tag along on public land with you. Right. That's a good point too. So do you, uh, assign a perceived value to each trip to sort of meet, meet, have a meeting of the minds in terms of cost, or do you let the users work that out? Yeah, so we we really just encourage that to be in the descriptions of the trips um, and to let you kind of work it out amongst each other. 
Um, we found that, you know, we don't want to put too many restrictions and try to uh, preset any values we, because that value is so subjective that um, if it's something that you think is worth your time after reading the descriptions and looking at the photos and seeing what all is entailed, um, then you just agree to that swap. If not, you aren't obligated to make a trade by any means. Okay. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a sweet program. I, I know I've got a, a couple of trips that I've uh, put on there, but I think I need to, to add some pictures and get a little more detail on there. And uh, I'm definitely looking forward to, to putting it to use. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can get you guys somewhere this year. And, uh, and if nothing else, you still have to come to Alabama and, and come hang out with us, with us and try to get in the turkey woods. <laughs> hey, that's right. I've actually uh, been, been trying to find a way to, to put a trip together to get out for your, your grand, grand slam turkey hunt. Um, you want to let our listeners know a little bit about that and what that's looking like in 2020? Yeah, absolutely. So we also have a, a company called Grand Slam Outdoors, and that's that's really more of a brand than anything. And um, it's kind of the the overarching company for Trips for Trade and a few other ventures that we're working on. And um, and the the biggest thing we do for that is is a big turkey invitational every spring, and it's uh, it's a contest where we typically have about 50 teams that that participate, two man teams. Um, and we all meet up on a, on a Friday night, have a big steak dinner and, uh, do a Calcutta. And then Saturday, everybody goes to their property or even the public land around and, and hunts. And then, uh, we have a time where we weigh in and see who brings in the biggest birds. And, um, and then we have a, a payout and some prizes for the winners and then have a big crawfish bowl. So that's a, that's a fun weekend that we cool. always look forward to. And, um, you know, some avid turkey hunters and, um, it's just, you know, just a, a fun event to, to say the least for, for that we look forward to in the spring. And that's, that's the main thing behind grand slam. And then we, the, we also have a company called cooler comrade, which is a, um, basically a, a unique koozie that fits on most of your kind of outdoor premium rotomolded coolers like Yeti. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a, a more effective koozie for, for your company to, have uh, when marketing as well as it's a koozie that's close to your drinks and um, always it's not sitting in a drawer at the house when you need it for uh, for the everyday user so if you guys need some uh, need some some cooler comrades we can we can hook you up with that as well oh that's awesome man cool well i guess the last uh, thing that i want to talk with you about slade was just to hear a little bit about how your hunting season's gone this year maybe uh talk to us about a couple of trips you've done and uh, what animals you're pursuing and how those hunts went. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've actually been on several trips this year. Uh, uh, had, had a couple weeks in Canada and Alberta that were, uh, that were long hunts and exciting hunts every day and, um, ended up, ended up coming home empty handed, which was unfortunate. I think we, uh, we went up a a week early to scout before season came in and found a a really big deer. We we were guessing he was, the mule deer was going to score around 200, maybe 205, just a just a super and um had him patterned all the way to opening day and opening day he read the script came did the same thing he'd been doing they were still in velvet so you know real common for them to kind of follow that same pattern and Uh um and so anyways we we saw him coming and he would he was just doing his normal thing and and the next thing we know he starts sprinting and he actually hopped a fence we don't know what spooked him but he's running straight towards us and um, the fence was just a cattle fence on that property we were hunting and we were set, set up right by the gate of that fence. And anyways, when he came into range at 30 yards, he was on the other side of the gate and, um, and we tried to, 
tried to make the shot through the the wire of the of the gate. It's one of those just cattle gates that you could let down and right. Uh, and anyways, ended up hitting the post of the of oh, shoot. gate. Yeah. Um, when we stopped him and it ricocheted and didn't even come hitting him. So that was real frustrating. And uh, about five hours later, we we got on him again because he didn't know what had happened and um, had another shot at about 40 yards and and he jumped the string on us and um, that the arrow kind of went in the top about about inch of his back. You know, didn't even have any blood on it. Straight pass through. Um, and, you know, we just, we knew he wasn't hurt. It didn't bother him, but we figured it'd be a while before we found him again. And right. then fast forward, um, let's see, I think it was five days before we found him again in a big canola field and had a, had a close call with him there, but didn't get a shot off and then found him the next day again in another canola field and got a, finally were able to put a stalk on him and got a good shot off. And, um, unfortunately we trailed him about 300 yards and lost the blood and, and that one was was yet to be found. So that was oh, uh, a lot yeah. of hunting, long, long days in, in Canada, and um, and just been not not rewarding because we we weren't able to to you know to find that deer. And it's it's just it's it's always a shame to lose a lose an animal like that. But it's it's part of the part of the hunting as well. Oh, definitely a heartbreaker. Yeah, but I know most guys that have been doing this have have got a story like that. You know. Absolutely. And we went went on a few other trips. We did that swap in, in Colorado this year that I mentioned. Uh, had some had some close calls with some some nice mule deer and saw several across the property line. We couldn't get permission to hunt, but uh, but still had a great experience and um, and saw elk every day. Wish we wish we'd had an elk tag. Now we could have closed the deal. On yeah, that. man. The elk the elk <laughs> numbers in the West have been excellent this year. Uh, you know, I, it's anecdotal for sure, and I know the hunting was tough during archery season still. The rut was a little funny, but just in terms of number of elk, in our experience, uh, the elk numbers seem to be doing really well. They're not easy to kill still, but they're, <laughs> they're def, the herds definitely seem to be healthy. That's awesome. That's a great report. I know you guys were successful on uh, filling y'all's tag, so that's, uh, that's exciting. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, my son and I had <clears throat> a couple of good rifle tags that we drew out here in Idaho, and we're fortunate to be able to punch those tags on a couple of bulls and uh we actually were able to fill our tags the same day which i don't think i'll ever do that to <laughs> myself again <laughs> special memory but a lot of work huh uh, exactly yeah so my 10 year old son can only pack out so much meat and, um, <laughs> i was i felt like a pack mule for the next 24 hours but yeah fortunately it was november and not the middle of september so cooler temperatures made it easier to take care of that meat we were able to get it all packed out and are enjoying it on the dinner table most nights now, so can't yeah, complain. That's awesome. that's awesome. Some memories he'll never forget. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So, did you uh, did you do any whitetail hunting in your neck of the woods? So I've we've only been um, I've only had a few sits in Alabama. We our our kind of prime time is is really in January um, when the rut starts kicking in. I've I've actually have got a good deer on camera that I'm about to start hunting really hard, but um, but been traveling so much, haven't had a chance. We we went to Kentucky and uh, called the front end of the rut and and had a few close calls but no success and did a did a hunting trip with with several guys in um, Illinois on public land and had a, had some some close encounters had one buddy shoot a, a nice one on the first set and then I missed a good deer um, and then we you know we saw several other really good ones but um, just a, another no tough hunting on public land you know yeah and, oh that's right. 
And then, uh, then yeah, now now excited to kind of slow down, things slow down, and start hunting Alabama a little bit. Cool. I forgot that that rut is is later down there than it is about everywhere else, huh? It is. Yeah, ours kind of really at our farm in that part of, part of West Alabama goes into really the last the first week of February even. Wow. And the season down there coincides with that. Huh? You can hunt them through that whole period. Yes, we have one of the, I guess the the most the longest uh, archery seasons, which goes from mid October to mid February. So, um, a lot of a lot of chances to get in the woods. Holy smokes! Well, maybe we all these elk hunters out here in in the West need to do a trips for trade and go hunt some whitetails in uh, <laughs> in late January, early February. Absolutely, I and mean, I know a bunch of the guys out here would love to. That's what we've seen is. Um, you know, our most kind of desired trips on the side are, are elk and big game out west and up north. And um, and so I think you guys and your listeners especially could see a lot of value in this if you are willing to have somebody tag along on a hunt or uh, kind of show them some rope or give them some tips. I think you guys could, could really swap it for about anything on our platform. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Well, Slade, it's been fun to have you on the on the show tonight and appreciate your support of our company and, and our apps and look forward to to getting some of our listeners plugged in with trips for trade that code that you mentioned for uh 20 off of the membership was uh just got game 20 right correct one all no spaces got game 20 and that again is 20 percent off our annual membership so you'll have a year um a year to use the site and connect with as many people as you want and hopefully we can get you guys set up on some some really neat trips yeah awesome small price to pay for experiences which are really the best way to spend your time and money anyways in terms of happiness and quality of life you know absolutely absolutely cool. well slade thanks again man hope you have a great season chasing whitetails and we'll keep in touch with you maybe we'll try to get out there in april and and uh do a little turkey hunting that'd be awesome well thanks taylor i'm, I'm uh i appreciate you having me on and uh good luck to all your listeners if they still get another chance to get in the woods this year awesome thanks man have a great night